Sleepers Podcast, Tuesday, February 6th. I'm in a good mood today, Car. I don't know how that happened. How are you? How did that happen? In, in a short, in a short, like less, actually less than 24 hours span. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, our Discord's had some really good discussion in the last 24 hours, which has got me back on track. It's been fun. Okay, well, it's flipped for me because the Discord pissed me off because guys pissing me off. Yeah, guys out here saying that you're not making the tournament, even though you're clearly making the tournament. Yeah, I just don't understand. Let's see, this is it. We call us Coach Handsome, a good recruiter. And say they're having a good little fun spunky year, and and God just spiraling out of control. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And then a lot of animal comparisons. People saying that uh, I'm just a, an angry animal. I'm livid, and that you're a nice little teddy bear. I mean, if we if we really got down into it, into like the animal nitty gritty, um, you are a ferocious little little fella. Am I always that angry? No, not really. I'm going to try to be positive and happy the rest of the week, I think. That's going to be a goal of mine. We'll see if I fail. First. I was about to say, I got, I got over-under to, to Wednesday. This is really making me reevaluate my character. Uh, okay, you want to start us off with a YouTube comment of the day? A lot of people very happy with your slipper flips. And you damn skip me. You know exactly what comment I'm going to. I don't even have to go to YouTube Studio to do this because it's my phone background currently. Let me go. Oh, my God. This. Come on, man. This one comes from Need a Being Verse. To anyone upset about the slipper flip, Carter has the requisite permits at the federal and state levels. He also has a professional license in good standing. The man is more qualified to flip the slipper than any of us. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't have said anything better myself, Verse. <sighs> it's wild to me that so much of the dialogue on our show right now is actually about you flipping the slipper and it's only fed your ego on this that was your worst one yet but well, i just, I, try, like, I tried to go for i tried to go for the double it's oh my god it actually infuriates me so much that's the thing and like we're we're here two weeks later and it's only picking up steam yeah tr- oh wait before we move on from the the on the edge thing, can we talk about Dave making an appearance in the Discord out of nowhere just to pump up the Beatles again to me? Did he? I missed this. Yeah, haven't heard from Dave in a couple of weeks in the Discord. And he popped in for some Grammy discourse. We were talking about um the Luke Combs and Tracy Chapman fast car performance. And then just pulled up right with the yeah, like Beatles got got a Grammy last night. Even Drake didn't get one. <laughs> I mean, like, that's, that's a tough look for you. I mean, uh, me and Aubrey have already addressed how we feel about the Grammys. We don't we don't recognize the recording academy. Grammys are cooked? Yeah, Grammys been cooked. Are we sure? Bro, Killer Mike won album of the year. <laughs> and that's no disrespect. Killer Mike's a legend. But, like, we're going to act like Gunna didn't drop an album this year. I'm going to say, what, what should have won album of the year in Carter Elliott's book? A uh, gift and a curse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, some have said that the moment the Grammys died was Macklemore winning album of the year. Does that hurt you? Because you're like a, actually a big Macklemore fan. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. The Heist was a really good album. Can we <laughs> like get your that. album of the year before we move on? I guess we're, we since the Grammys were last night, do you have an album of the year? Uh, I mean, 
my problem with awards shows in general is I don't understand what qualifies as like should win the award versus just like what was my personal favorite. My favorite album this year was the Noah Khan album. That that was that's a good choice. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think that like deserved to be the album of the year in all of music. I just see if we could do a whole stuff. episode or segment on this because there's really no way to do it because the same people. No matter what, honestly, if their album is good or bad, are gonna have like number ones and number one album sales. But that doesn't necessarily make the best album. It's it's all uh, I'm gonna mess. It's it's subjective. It's not objective. Is it political? Yeah, somewhat. Might might say. Okay. All right. Well, interesting start to the show today. Yay! Good job. Uh, should we move to the Discord comments? Why not? Okay, uh, let's start with Melba, who actually did provide the accurate update now. Um, and she also told us we can ignore this. Melba, we would never ignore you on the Sleepers never. podcast. She says, uh, since my post on Friday, the West has taken another win in the cross-divisional matchups. They're now 28-10 and 10 against the other football division in basketball this year. Rutgers finally got a road win. Ohio State and Nebraska are still over. Uh, crazy. Very, very crazy. I love that Melba brought this up, though, because now I actually – wonder to myself every 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 two weeks or so what the updated standings looks like and of course she provides them so we appreciate you melba any comment on michigan state being one and five against the other division and you now play minnesota next game who is in the other division no i have absolutely no comment regarding that any comment on michigan state being one and six outside the state of michigan and the next game is actually outside the state of michigan i mean we just got to make sure we take the next steps and i don't know when those steps will be taken but we have next steps in order that we'll take any comment on you being in a dogfight with Minnesota without Elijah Hawkins last game, and now they have Elijah Hawkins? No comment, no. Okay. Any comment on home dogs being wolves, not dogs? Is Minnesota favored? Michigan State's favored by four on the road against Minnesota. Don't love that. Okay. Uh, new comment here from By Bins, who says a lot of people say Coleman is the most unique matchup in the conference. Is Ty Rogers number two? He guards point guards on one end, then basically plays center on offense. Who are your top five most unique matchups in the conference? Most unique matchups? That's a tough question. I, I feel like there's an argument that all five of them individually are just Illinois players. I was just <laughs> gonna say Dane. Oh. <laughs> I. Uh... Edie has to be one A. I yeah. I don't care about Coleman or Ty like that. The Edie is Edie is the unique matchup. It's got to be like just straight. Like honestly, like I think Dawson Garcia would be in my top five. Yeah, I think he'd be up there. I'm trying to think. Oh, we always miss people. I don't know. Is there anyone that comes to mind for you? Uh, Edie's one A. Coleman and Ty are definitely top three. Um, beyond that, like. I think Boo is very unique to prepare for. I feel like I'm just naming the best players in the league. But like, what about you, Mass? Would can Mass fit in that? Mass would be one. Khalil Ware would be another one. Just yeah. like a guy who can do things that are different than what you normally see. But um, I, I like I don't think teams are preparing for rank Mass as focused or as as tough to prepare for as like Boo Booey. Like, yeah, I, I, there there's some versatile players in this league. I think Indiana, the team takes the award for least versatile team as a whole <laughs> that's tough actually uh, i take that back because malik Re- malik renews a uh kind of a dynamic check I yeah feel like. 
You know how we say, like, oh, if you're trying to mimic Zach E.D., like, maybe you get, like, two of your grad assistants, like, stand on each other's shoulders and, like, hold something above their head. Like, you got you to gotta go above and beyond to pretend and mimic Zach Eady. Uh, if a team is scouting Indiana, they probably just get, like, a local third grader to run up and down and pretend he's gay cups. <laughs> yeah, basically. Very unique preparation. Uh, Travis Nelson says, don't you think it's a good thing that every fan base comes for your throats? Obviously, you don't like it probably, but good as in you're being fair to everyone in your coverage. Do you like when people come for your throat? Um, No. But maybe that means we're doing something right. Uh, to his actual question, do you think it's good that unique fan bases now multiple seem to take issue with certain things that we say at time to time? I've reached a point where I'm actually just quite impressed that some teams even have fan bases that are this passionate and engaged. So yeah, credit to y'all. I don't know. I don't feel like I've ever been to that point where I let things that happen with my sports teams like consume my life to that point but i respect the passion for real mm -hmm. yeah i think um whenever we are on the opposite side of a specific fa fan base that's passionate it can be a galvanizing moment for us where like it we get over it and then people come to realize like oh these guys don't actually just say nonsense at all times like when my team deserves it they give us credit that's where we've been at with Illinois that's been where i like to think we've been at with Purdue even though we're in the middle of a downswing with them right now um i so i think i don't know i i wouldn't i would never say it's good if a fan base in general is upset with us um but i don't think it like hurts us as a brand to have those moments from time to time yeah i think the only thing that gets to us or at least me is the accusations that we're just antagonizing fan bases have never ever ever i don't have we ever i don't think we've ever really like been like hey you know what you feel like antagonizing this fan base let's like let's fire this off never yeah. that if we do do that it's like very small in the middle of a show and it's like an inside joke and yeah we're it's also very, like it's, very it's very obvious too that yeah. it's like we're poking we're like on the nose, like we don't like your team and here, here's why. Um, I think I, my biggest frustration is that people sometimes believe that we do things to intentionally try and trigger or troll a fan base. That's not how I approach building content strategy. Like I, how many videos are coming out on our channel on a day-to-day -day basis has a very specific intention. There's a reason for all of it. There's an approach to all of it of how I think we can grow this as a brand and as a business and as a show. And never for once, not for a second, has part of my strategy to grow this been let's antagonize a fan base. That will never be the approach. And if fans think that it's like that, they are misreading the situation. Yeah. Have, have I sounded different? Like the yeah, past, you like, you were you did not have your mic plugged in. I wasn't going to tell you. No, my mic was on the floor plugged yes. in. I just did not. It, you weren't going to tell me. No, no. I mean, golly, that's crazy. I mean, I feel like you were going to figure it out on your own, and you did before we even got to the first segment. So, <laughs> kudos to you. Can I get another slipper flip for that? Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> moving on. Oh, one last thing on this actually to Travis's question. Um, there was a moment last week when we had the Purdue ref video stuff going on 
that I actually did. I don't want to say regret, but I, I felt as if the video we did on foul discrepancy, mm. I executed very poorly personally because I don't even think Purdue needed to be raised as an example to make the point I was trying to make. And in that sense, a lot of Purdue fans felt uh, antagonized in a way that I didn't intend for. Like that's, and I, I kind of went back and forth with people on Twitter respectfully after the fact of like, hey guys, this is what I was trying to say. And I actually shouldn't have even used the Purdue game as an example at all. This is just like broadly with all basketball games. I think it applies. So sometimes I may uh, miss the mark on how I get my points across and maybe Cart does too, or maybe we do as a show. But those are the only times I like regret anything or have a negative to people being upset with things that we say. Yeah, I've actually never missed a mark, but thanks for putting that on me. <laughs> Augie says, happy Indiana hate week from West Lafayette. What is one of your favorite memories from Purdue, Indiana, that you can remember matchups, moments, player performances? I'm going to pull the recency bias thing. That Jalen hood Shafino performance last year was OD. He was really good. He was really, really good. I mean, I, I know that's I know that's like the easy answer because it was the most recent one, at least besides this year. But that like that performance was different by a freshman too. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I know there's been games that like really moved the needle in this rivalry for like Big Ten relevancy or maybe like win a team a championship. Um, I think I think it was Ray Fell recently made a list of his five favorite Big Ten memories and like. Huchifino was one of his top five, which shocked me because he's a Purdue guy. Um, I do think the the Huchifino performances have been the most impressive individual performances that I can recall. Um, just to give a flip side, like I actually did enjoy watching Purdue destroy Indiana at assembly because it felt cathartic this year. Like it was mm -hmm. a little bit of a like, oh, we we've emerged victorious here and we're doing what we should do. Um, but I don't really have like there's there's not an old memory I have that's been great. Purdue and Indiana fans might have to yell at us for missing something obvious here, but it's like un unless you go back to like the Hummel days, I don't feel like there's been a ton of great moments. Right. I mean, I'm sure Carson. I, I'm I'm sure I don't remember it, but I'm sure Carson Edwards had some. I know he had. I know he had a game winner, I believe, one year against Indiana, but I don't know if that actual full game was that great by him. But th that Hushafino performance as a freshman in that rivalry. That's that's just that's an OD. That's a crazy moment. Yeah. Well, do you just go through like I think there's been a lot of overlapping one team's up and one team's down. Like when Indiana was really good um, with Tom Crean for like those two years, Purdue wasn't great. And then later in the 2000s, like Purdue got really good and Indiana got worse. So I don't know. Yeah. Like even the game results like have been a lot of like 10 plus point victories in this series lately. We're kind of due for a classic. I'll just say that. I, not that I'm speaking that into existence because I don't think Indiana's good enough, but we're kind of due for a classic at some point. I hope that it happens. Sam says, impressive showing from Kansas lately. What do you guys think the emergence of Furphy does for their title hopes? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a massive impact, a positive impact for their title hopes. Um, but unfortunately, I still go back to the point that I said before the year. Their title hopes truly, to me, hinge on what Dewan Harris you're going to get. And this season has just been, I don't know at this point. Yeah. Um, fam's the, the second half of fam's comment says, personally, I think a month ago they were eight to 10th, most likely to win. Now I think they're third at worst. I think fam's probably a little higher on them than even the high people nationally would be right now. I don't think it's crazy though. 
Like I, if I'm making a short list right now, I probably have Kansas sixth or seventh on teams I think can win a national title, and that would have seemed wild two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I I buy it. I think this is very much a national title contender with Murphy playing how he is. Final comment today. Coop says, with Ben Johnson electing to stay in Detroit, do you have faith that the Motor City Kitties will be able to run it back next year? I actually do. I do, because I think the continuity, being able to keep the staff, and, like, we have a we have a great core. And we, you know, obviously there's many of holes on the defensive side of the basketball, on, on defensive side of the basketball, defensive side of the ball. But with the cap space we have, with how Brad Holmes operates, I feel very confident that he's going to do what's necessary to maybe not fill those holes completely, but at least mask them and improve them from what they were last season. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that they, that this team can run it back. Now, granted, the division is going to be better. Like, NFC North is going to be better next season, I think. Um, so that'll maybe make it a little bit tougher. But Detroit's not – the Detroit Lions aren't going anywhere as, as of now. Yeah. I uh I I think they're one of the five best teams in football for the foreseeable future. Um, depending little tweaks they make to the roster could make them the best team or they could make them the sixth best team. It depends on how they fill the gaps. But the core they have of young talent on both sides of the ball, primarily on the offensive side though, um, as long as they retain Jared Goff, as long as they retain the key stars on the defense, then yeah, they're not going anywhere. They'll be really good. Just need to stay healthy. Um still question like Super Bowl ceiling. And also question, like, everyone's going to see him coming next year. Like, I think part of this year was, like, nobody really bought it until all of a sudden they're in the NFC Championship game. Um, next year, everyone's going to see this team coming. And you've, you've heard my complaints that Detroit's not good playing as a favorite. Yeah, definitely going to have to adjust to that. But does it not make you feel good that our team can win a Super Bowl when you see Brock Purdy's the quarterback of a team that's in the Super Bowl? It does, definitely. Uh, I can't look at Brock Purdy, though, without remembering that we were up 17 points with 29 minutes left to play. Yeah. And Brock Purdy did did an elite face mask pass. Also, like, if we're talking Super Bowl, though, because there's levels to everything. Everybody knows this. There's levels to, like, good, great, elite, oh, champ shit. Pat Mahomes' dad just got a DUI the week of the Super Bowl? Like, he... He's going to win the Super Bowl. Like, you you don't just, like, you don't just have a dad get a DUI and not win the Super Bowl immediately after. So, like, it's let's remember that Pat Mahomes is. Purdy up to this week? Yeah, it's just, like, Patrick Mahomes is still here. The big bad man isn't going anywhere. He's in his prime. So, like, we can do this dance on, like, how good is Detroit? Can we get there? Like, Patrick Mahomes is still here. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so, all right. Uh, that's the comments. Thanks, everybody, in the comments section. Let's get to our topics today. We got three of them. Um, I don't know why I just said that. Like, it's a surprise. Like, we don't have three of them every single day. But topic number one today, uh, our all-transfer team. You and I have talked about this in the Discord a bunch lately. We believe strongly that they should give out awards for transfer of the year, up transfer of the year, down transfer of the year. Uh, give me a first team all transfer. Give me a second team all transfer. I want this at the conference by conference level. Coach I too. want this. Yeah. And transfer coach of the year. I want this nationally and I want it conference by conference. So let's, let's do this. Let's do this exercise. Give me your all national transfer first team this season. Uh, okay. I think my backcourt, you got to start with Caleb Love. 
I think Caleb Love is one. I think he'd be my point guard transfer. Um, and then I would have, ooh. And honestly, right now, I have Lance Jones. First team national? Yeah, I think so. Ugh. I think so. I but Because also, like, aren't we trying to, like, at the same time, is it, okay, sorry, let me separate this. Cause I want to make sure I understand it. I kind of understood it as I'm building a transfer squad, or am I just like, is this no, like an award awards? Person? Awards. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gra- Grammys. This is the gotcha. Grammys of transfers. Got you. Um, I think I'll go Caleb Love, Harrison Ingram, Hunter Dickinson, Chad Johnson. Mm, and I'm probably going to be missing someone. I'm sorry, but I'm going to put AJ Store in there as well. Dalton Connect is who you're missing. There we go. Dalton Connect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Caleb Love really the best guard transfer? Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm looking through LJ Cryer, Jameel Nelson Jr., uh, Max Acemas, Ryan Nemhard. I guess Caleb I think Love? I would say, oh, like you're not taking Quinterly. You're not taking Ashworth. You're not. I'm, are you taking Acemas? I don't know. Ray J. Dennis has been really good. Arterio Morris is behind bars. Um, <laughs> Stephen Ashworth stinks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Something about love just feel if if he's the point guard, it feels weird to me on this. Team. Well, how do you feel about how do you feel about the Ingram Ingram Dickinson? Connect? Like I feel like Dickinson connect are just like the unanimous. Like that's that is what it is. Um, where are you like how do you feel about like Ingram? I think Ingram Dickinson connect are must be on the team. I okay. think there's there's no debating. I think. You're probably looking for two guards next to them if we're doing this by position. And in that case, I would put Caleb Love and Max Acemas as my fourth and fifth. I think I might take Ray J over Acemas. I'd take Ray J over Love. So we got to pick two out of Max Acemas. I think Ray J needs to I think Ray J needs to be there. I'll put Ray J on if you put Acemas on over Love. Deal. <laughs> you think I'm about to go to battle for Caleb Love, brother? Okay. Ma- yeah. Max Acemas, Ray J. Dennis, Dalton Connect, Harrison Ingram, Hunter Dickinson is our official first team all transfer. Nasty team, by the way. Who's, who's our coach? Well, who's the transfer coach of the year? I kind of want to put Brad as my coach, to be honest. I think Brad's been really good with it for sure. Um, Either Brad or Golden. Golden's got, Golden's got all transfer lineup. He no, no, no. That. It's it's Tommy Lloyd. It's Tommy Lloyd. Caleb Love and Kasha Johnson. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was really good. It's Tommy Lloyd. That's our coach of the year. Rick, Rick Barnes would have had an argument if Ganey could have sustained his play. For sure. Out of body experience in Maui. Um, Big 10 wise, who's first team all Big 10 all transfer? Uh, Store, Damask. Lance Jones, uh, and Kamwa, and Elijah Hawkins. Rank Mast. Oh, Rank Matt. Damn. I might put. Hmm. I know Lance Jones has played so good as of late, but I might put Rank Mask above Lance Jones, and I still have Damask above Lance Jones. Lance has to be there. It's got to be. I think you have to have Elijah. You have to have Lance. You have to have Damask. You have to have Rank Mast. 
and then you're looking for one more. Sp- and you you have to have store. You have to have store. No, no. So no one comma. No comma. Yeah, no comma. Comma's been better than Lance Jones, man. I don't think so. I really don't. I I know Lance has been good. He has, but like, it's the crazy thing is like no Khalil Ware, who's been great too. Um, Ben Cr- Cricky from Iowa's been incredible. Like, really good. Really good transfers. They Everyone. need to make this in a real award. This they would do. be the best. Um, Should we just like take the lead on that? Like push that? Like we like we'll release this and like hopefully they just pick us up. Like we'll yeah, be. We should probably just make graphics on it. Um, oh, by the way, Cam Spencer's one we didn't mention nationally who probably yeah. deserves. Um, are is it guys that transferred this off season too? Like, are you eliminated if you transferred two off seasons ago? Yes. So like Mark Sears and Tristan Newton are out. Yes. Okay. I want this to be a real thing. This <laughs> is a really fun thing. And then we could do uh, all next year's transfers a year ahead of time. Like the tamper trans, the all, all tamper, oh, first team all, all tamper. First team all tamper. Yeah. Love That'd be that. good. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're doing fun that. exercise. Uh, wait, who? so who's the transfer of the year? It's got to be, oh, I was, I was just going to say it's got to be connect, but Hunter's been good, man. So is Ingram. I think Ingram's clear third is between Connect and and Dickinson. I think I'll give the edge to Connect. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, okay, who's Big Ten transfer of the year? I think Store. Yeah, it's the guy who's going to be first team all Big Ten, which is Store. Yeah. 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 Fun exercise. Really enjoyed that. Okay, topic number two. Uh, when you and I normally text about what our topics are for the day, sometimes we elaborate. Sometimes we just say like a phrase and we both know what's coming. Uh, when I texted you about this topic, all it said was effort. Do you have any thoughts or or guesses, or do you want to just take the baton from me and start talking about effort? Uh, I would love to talk about how effort holds extremely way too much weight, um, in the world of basketball in general. Uh, yes, effort is great. Yes, we love the phrase, you can't coach effort. Um, effort doesn't always put points on the board. Uh, some of the greatest players that I've played basketball with, awful effort guys. Elite hoopers, though. Let that be known. Like, there is a word. Like, I mean, there is guys out there who are better because of the effort they have. But let's not get it twisted. If they had zero effort, they would still be a really good basketball player. Um, so the thing that frustrates me the most about the word effort is that it's used as a crutch. It's used as a crutch to give a reason why your basketball team is losing or why your basketball team isn't doing certain things, when in reality it's just they're not doing certain things. For example, yesterday's episode talked about Kentucky, and it was effort this, effort that, effort, effort, effort. No, it's you, you couldn't check anybody. There was some effort to check. You just can't check. So let's just call it that. So I hate the word effort. I hate effort. This is the the how bad do you want it that I made fun of you about in November, right? Like they just didn't want it tonight. The teams almost always want it. <laughs> like, isn't that a thing? Like, is there ever a night where the team goes like, ah, we don't need this one. We don't want it. Like that's, I don't think that happens. Um, I think this is the the dumb way for fans to explain away losses or problems with their team because it is easier to point the finger and say, you stunk tonight or mentally or emotionally you weren't there than it is to actually be like, no, you have some very serious flaws. Like that's, that's harsher than it is when you're criticizing something, but it's 
it's less honest to put it all on effort. And specifically why I wanted this topic, you did a good job of summarizing everything before I even said it, but specifically why I wanted this, there's a clip of Rob Dillingham after the Tennessee loss that went viral. And he says, Kentucky needs to give more effort. The exact quote from Dillingham was this. If we really want to win, we'll dig in and learn from the film. If we don't, we're just going to keep playing like it's a joke. Effort, for sure. That's an easy thing for players to say, and I give him credit for owning it and being mature and trying to lead vocally. I roll my eyes the moment you say want to win. I just roll my eyes at that. I'm sorry. Like, Kentucky's issues are not that these 18-year-old future NBA players don't want to be here. Kentucky's issues are that they have no idea who their center is right now. The centers aren't playing well at all. They have guys who are good on one end of the floor and bad on the other. Tierro's a good defender and doesn't do anything offensively. Onyensu doesn't give you anything offensively, and he gives you only defense. Bradshaw's the opposite of that. Every other freshman on this team is all offense, no defense. Antonio Reeves is a negative defensively, and he's your most consistent player. That's why you stink. It's because you can't guard a soul. You couldn't check Carter right now. So, like, I, this is just it's, – it's, it's bothering me because I had to sit here and think about Dillingham and its, its effort for Kentucky right after hearing my horrible basketball coach who built a horrible roster – Blame his player's effort. Like, why? This is just a, a get out of jail free card for every team, whether you're good or bad in college basketball, to be like, we didn't want it. We didn't play hard. No, you are a flawed basketball team in a thousand different ways. Purdue's not good because they play harder than every team they play. Purdue's good because they have the best player in the country and the best supporting cast around him. They like, do play hard, too. They do play hard, too, but 90% of college basketball teams play hard. So, like, Wisconsin did not lose to Purdue because they didn't play hard. Like, it, it's, it's caliber. It's fit. It's skills. It's schemes. Let's talk about that. Like, I, I would much rather hear Kentucky hit the podium and be honest about the fact that, like, they have a broken rotation right now. And they don't have answers at center. I would love to hear Juwan Howard come in and be like, I messed up building this roster, and Doug let us down academically. That's why the team stinks. It's not they're, they're not trying. So I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And I, I think, like, Mick Cronin did this earlier in the non-conference, too. It's ridiculous. Can we can we ban effort? I want to ban effort the way Purdue fans are trying to ban refs. The phrase, Doug, let us down academically is is really sending me right now. I'm not going to lie to you. But, yeah, I, I, and honestly, like, Dillingham was on the right path until he got to the end of the quote and was like, we, we got to want it. I mean, he was he was getting he was alluding to what he wanted to get to, but at at the same time, I I find it hard to believe, and I I am a belief that most teams want it when they hit the floor. That that just that seems like a given to me. So you know, I mean, and, and this happens across college basketball. Like it's as a Michigan State fan, one of the most annoying things that kills me is like Madi or the center rotation doesn't want it. No, the center rotation is just bad at basketball. They definitely want it. I know that for a fact. They're just not good at the game. Good teams don't have to talk about effort. You've been in locker rooms. I've coached basketball teams. If you're talking about effort, you're a bad basketball team. Like that's, that's, that's all that it is. So let's not sit here and do that. Something? I might need you to work behind the scenes on a theory, just like the wolves are home, like the home dogs are wolves thing. We need to start tracking and betting against teams that talk about effort. 
We can do that. Like those are bad basketball teams. We could for sure do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll work something up on that. I'll report back later this week. Final topic today is one that I'm excited to hear you on. Uh, Dan Dockich is back in the headlines. Your favorite guy. Dan Dockich this time is antagonizing Rafael Davis, amongst others. I tried to quickly find out what the source of the conflict here was because you never know with Dan. You never know what's going on. And it appears that this time he took a screenshot of the Big Ten crew in studio at halftime of one of these games. And it was John Beeline with Rick Pizzo, Mike DeCourcy, and Rafael Davis. And Dockich basically tweeted out, like, I can't believe Beeline has to spend time with these guys. Like what a waste of Beeline's time talking basketball with these guys. Uh, Rafael snapped back, which I applaud. Round of applause for Rafael Davis. We like anybody who's willing to stand on business, especially when it comes to being called out from Dan Dockich. Uh, your thoughts, Carter Elliott, of Dan Dockich's latest foray into the headlines. Uh, a couple things to talk about here. Um, I also think we should throw into this same universe that Dan Dockich tweeted that Braden Smith uh, was left off the Koozie Award list, and it must be a DEI, which is basically diversity. Uh, it's basically like uh, he's not he's on the list because they had to put diversity on the list, aka put African American players on the list over white players. Uh, I don't have hate for anybody in this world. Um, I try not to talk bad about a lot of people, um, or I, I always choose my words extremely carefully. That kind of goes out the window when it comes to Dan Dockage. Like, Dan Dockage is a straight okay. up. All right. All right. You could, I mean, you could cut it out. I'm sorry, G. But, like, he is. Like, it, and I know that's bad. I know it is. But, like, he is. He's a, he's an awful person. Um, All he does is antagonize people. Uh, And in a way that is always personal with him, like, everything he does is a personal attack. And that's kind of why he gets fired or let go from any job that he ever holds at any level. Um, And no one respects his basketball opinion, which is sad because he considers himself a basketball savant or a God of sorts. Cause he played for Indiana and did all this coaching and had all this experience being on different networks and things like that. I just never, never, ever have liked the guy from the moment that I knew of who he was. This is on me for actually thinking we could do this as a topic and it would go somewhere fun. Um, <laughs> well, let's get back to his, let's get back to his actual comment because whether you whether you feel any certain way about like Rafael's opinions or anybody's opinions, I just don't really understand what he was kind of getting at saying that Big Ten players or certain analysts don't deserve to be in the room with like the B lines and the J rights of the world. Like it just, even if I'm trying to put myself in Dockage's shoes, like I don't want to, I, I don't want those guys to be around these legendary coaches, I guess is the way he's kind of talking about it. Or I don't want to listen to the opinion of other people when I can just listen to these guys. That just really doesn't make sense to me because the part of having good like boards or good analysts or good panels or things like that is having different opinions. Like I like being able to hear B line, the coach, the rat who has done things for, you know, that, that we can listen to. I like hearing Rafael Davis, a player who has played. I like hearing even whether I disagree or agree with them. I like having different viewpoints and different opinions on one big topic. That is basketball, college basketball. So it's, it's, it's just odd to me as someone who speaks about college basketball 
or consumes college basketball content that you would think that that scenario isn't good, whether you think it works or not. Yeah. Um, the funny thing here for me was somebody replying was like, Dan, you know that you're a former player too, right? That was <laughs> that was Ray <laughs> Yeah, he he tried to essentially make it like I all former players don't deserve to be analyzing basketball. It's like, uh, Dan. Uh, and by the way, I love anytime it recirculates the Ant Wright film cut up of Dan Dockich's film against Jordan is the best. Uh, he was absolutely cooked that entire game. But yeah, I my issues with Dockich are just like I think he is intentionally very mean for content purposes. I think like I've, I've been trying to understand like why you, he goes you about think it is for way. content purposes or you think he's actually just like that. I don't, he's either just a very mean spirited person or he does this for engagement and content. And I don't like to point fingers and say, you're doing it for engagement or content. Cause that's, I get frustrated when people say that we do that, but he just does it so much with so many different people seemingly out of nowhere. Like this, this didn't have to go to the internet at all. Even if he had this thought, like why, why take the length to like tweet it and call Ray fell out and just be rude for no reason. Like that's not, he's not getting any benefit of it other than we're now talking about him. And so is Ray fell and a lot of other people. Um, and he seems to do this a lot, right? He does this. It's not like Ray fell is his enemy. Like he, he does this with everyone. So um, it would be like, if you and I just went like out of our way to slander DoorDash drivers, like, why would we do that? We don't get any benefit from that. We're just being mean about it. But then maybe DoorDash makes us the topic of engagement for a week. And then we get something out of it, right? Like, that's, I don't know. That's Dan to me. And I don't really get it. You strike me as a Grubhub guy. I'm a DoorDash guy. Really? Same. Yeah. Okay. Just want to get that cleared up before we even move on any further. Yeah. Something about the word grub doesn't, I don't like it. Yeah. I apologize for using the B word and calling somebody that I don't that I shouldn't have done that, but I feel a certain way about him that, that I don't even want to get further into, but just not not my guy. Yeah, we had uh at one point we had shirts each that said all my homies hate Dan Dockich. Yeah. I also may or may not have somehow acquired Dan Dockich's phone number on my honeymoon and after many, many dark and stormies, uh Played a little text game with him and had him rattled, which I got a little kick out of. That was a fun, it's a fun day. We've had some wild, <laughs> the the sleepers tell all one day is going to be great. Yeah. Who's going to write, who's going to write our forward? Mm, Dockage. <laughs> Hopefully it's Guy if he keeps, keeps on the right path. Guy, I feel like we should give a whole chapter to Guy. The forward, we need someone like, very like nobody expects at all like we could do you think we could get lance rob jones. lance lance jones would be good brad davison would be good yeah. um yeah yeah i don't know oh by the way just last thing boo booey was at the bar it has nothing to do with dan dockage but i just feel obligated to mention that uh any thoughts on boo being back at the bar yeah big sound player of the year yeah, it's, I, somebody was like, I'm a little concerned. They should be getting shots up. And I was like, my brother, he is getting shots up and I'm not concerned at all. This welcome is to the, welcome to the Budarius experience. Yeah, he's, I, that's how you know this team's headed in the right direction. One big thing presented by Big B. What do you got? Uh, my one big thing for today is the, on, on the topic of the Grammys, um, I've always been somewhat of a country music hater. And I'm not saying I like country music, uh, by any stretch or means, but 
I like Luke Combs a lot. Like, I want to kick it with Luke Combs. I think he's a cool-ass dude. I think his music is fire. Uh, he has his own set of, like, Crocs that I want to. Um, I kind of just want to kick it with Luke Combs. Like, if one day Sleepers makes it, like, extremely big and we somehow come, like, in crossing with Luke Combs, I'm, like, fanboying and I want to get a beer with Luke Combs. You want to sit in a living room and you want to be kicking up Crocs with Luke Combs. I want to show Luke Combs my high school football highlight tape. Okay. I'll reserve commentary on Luke Combs till after we stop clicking record. Um, but like, are we really, we're just giving Luke Combs credit for Tracy Chapman. That's what we're doing. Like, no, I, I was, outside of that. What I, else? What else is there? His music's good. Yeah. That, that one Tracy Chapman song is good. Anyone uh, singing that's good. Beautiful crazy is good. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, my one big thing, I meant to shout this out at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't. Nebraskaball joined the Discord, and I want to keep giving shout-outs to the new members of the Discord. So uh, thank you, Nebraskaball, for being in the Discord. Uh, I think we're up to almost 130 members in the Discord now. Love it. And most importantly, Guy got another Nebraska fan, which is good. Uh, also, we can't let this go by. I picked the winner of the – Discord contest for this month. We yeah, we completely forgot to do the ticket giveaway. Mm-hmm. You you said you were going to handle this, so you have the ticket giveaway. Yeah, I'm handling it right now. I have okay. I have cho- I have chosen the winner. And you, this wasn't a random list. This was just you picking a name. Nope, I chose it. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, but okay, who won the ticket giveaway this week? This you want to guess who it is? No. Okay. Doctor Doctor. Oh, nice. Is the winner of this of, of this month, Doctor Doctor? Please reach out to us in the Discord DMs and or Twitter and or any way you can contact us. We have sleepers gear for you. We have tickets to an event of your choosing, uh, and we'll get that set up for you. But congratulations, my brother! I think you are the first non-boiler to win the award in a while. Um, so credit, yeah, credit to him. Don't we owe like three people tickets at this point? <laughs> no, we, so what we have so far is that Natalie is going to, Natalie's going to the February 14th game, which is coming up. We already got those tickets for her for the Hornets game. And then Derek is still holding off because he wants to go to a tournament game. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted like one of the NCAA tournament games once we know where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Johnson might have me blocked on discord. Really? Yeah, because we we owe him tickets. Uh, what does that mean? Like you can't you can't get a hold of Michael Johnson? He, well, he hasn't responded to my Discord DMs. Um, interesting. He's all over the game threads. Michael Johnson, if you're listening to this, we got to get you tickets. We're, can you we if, if you this. can DM Greg and just let let him know what tickets you want? So because we owe like we're we owe you tickets. Yeah. Okay. So Doctor Doctor Michael Johnson and Derek all we have to get tickets for. Yeah, if um, we, <laughs> what if Derek just never gets tickets because Purdue just blows it? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Purdue's going to win a national title, and Derek's okay. going to be there, and we're going to help. All right, okay. that's the show. Uh, have a great Tuesday, everybody. We'll see you again tomorrow.